Hey folks, welcome back to DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vincent Zach, and we are here to talk about three books coming out on December twentieth, twenty twenty two. Starting with Batman Superman World's Finest number ten, written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Dan Mora. We have to acknowledge that there is a variant cover that features Paul McCartney <laughs> singing with Superman and the Justice League. Um, and I can only imagine what wonderful conversation happened before and after that. Uh, that What's, what song is he singing, Brian? Uh, it's a Christmas party, so I presume he's singing uh, Wonderful Christmas Time. Is he making? Is he adding in DC-specific lyrics? I, I, I think he does so in the laziest possible way. <laughs> like... Uh, he probably says the choir of robins sing their song, you know, something like that. Like, <laughs> just, just like, just throwing one word into it uh, that may or may not really make sense, but he does it with enough charm and panache that everyone there is like, "Oh my God, Paul!" You know. So, but I, I don't think he put any real work into this. Is my, uh, is my guess, you know? D- does does he know that Magneto and Titanium Man are not DC characters? He does not. Um, he actually, in the middle of the song, he says, uh, where's, where's the Crimson Dynamo? And <laughs> no one quite knows how to break it to him, so they just keep dancing. And then, uh, you know, it's a thing. All right. But yeah. Um, so there's a big twist at the end of this, uh, this issue that I feel like is the thing that we're going to want to talk about the most, so let's just jump right into it. Zach, how does this issue end? Uh... Uh, Thunder Boy, what's his name? Thunder Boy Kid, Thunder. Boy, Boy Thunder. Thunder. He he's Magog. He is Magog. I he just want to say he has become Magog. He, he it will become Magog. Um, I just want to say I think it's in, in, extremely funny that from the first issue of this series, I've been on Magog Watch. Um, <laughs> if you'll if you'll recall from the you've first, had your, first you've had your Magogles even, on. I had my goggles on when when we first saw the silhouette of Neja, and I I immediately jumped the gun and said, "Oh, Wade's doing some magog shenanigans." And then and then I was um, very disappointed when I when it turned out to not be magog, and I only had to wait one more arc <laughs> for the magogging. Um, so <laughs> now, can can I can I? Uh, a motion for a uh, uh, correction or point of fact here. Sure. sure. Is this not Gog rather than Magog? Well, I believe I it's Magog. No, because, I, be, because the horns. Can I? No, it's got it's Magog. Okay. Traditional... Because they're doing they're doing the scene from Kingdom Come. Yes. Right. And Trad- because. Of other things that we know that we can't talk about. Oh, do we know something? Yeah, we know something. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like although we have been on like the Kingdom Watch slash Countdown throughout this whole not Countdown the series, we've been waiting for something to show up with the Magog or the Kingdom. I feel like Magog is the part that is maybe our least favorite part of <clears throat> that stuff. Zach, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I would honestly argue that it's maybe the part that has been the most excised from like the Mark Wade Kingdom Come, the Kingdom stuff, because to me it is now like much more associated with Jeff Johns, Thy Kingdom Come, and like the JSA in that period and immediately following. So um, I, I would I would even say it's become kind of a Justice League 
international thing because of the generations lost. That's a good thing. point too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've missed so much by not reading the generations lost stuff. You guys are always talking about it, and I have no idea. Uh, why don't we put that on our <laughs> um our our, our our possible list of things we're going to talk about on the Patreon? Sure. Okay. Uh, Zach, in your absence last week, we put the Just Imagine Stanley books in the list too. That's a good. That's a good call. Uh, so, what do you think about this, Zach? Um, overall, I even though I like the reveal quite a lot, this arc is still kind of underwhelming me. In so much as just that, it. There are there's a lot of good ideas and content here that I wish I actually wish that this was not just a single arc. Like I feel like this could be a status quo for for several issues. Uh, you know, f- for a, a significant chunk of a run, um, like introducing this boy Thunder character and seeing him interact with with Bruce and and with Clark and with the Teen Titans characters and have it. It, it, after reading this issue, I started thinking about how comics just really don't take time to develop these like longer narratives and stories with characters. It's it is like we're getting to a point where it is just like purely written for the trade. Um, and in some ways, that's good because it does make the stories punchier and it moves things along more quickly. But I can think of a version of this story that happened in like the 80s or the 90s where like we have 25 issues with Boy Thunder before we find out he's Magog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, with a story set in the past like this, doesn't that just lean on? We've talked about this recently, actually. Like, doesn't that just make it the century? Like doing that, that well, like, secret yes history no, but- thing? Other than that, that but this is a character that has existed already, and the it the I don't super want to like okay. get into like where this takes like what Earth this is. I almost like just really don't care about that anymore at this point. Um, Hyper time, baby. Hyper yeah, time. it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Um, I do just think that like. I kind of wish we could have spent more time with Boy Thunder before we found out that he was Magog. I think the payoff could have been better. And now like this, there's almost nothing that matters about his character, except that he's Magog. You know what I mean? Like nothing more that we could learn about him is more important than the fact that he's Magog. So like, he's kind of, he was already sort of a blank slate and now he is even like he there now there he was a blank slate and now he there's nothing left to fill in if that makes sense yeah it does uh honestly i i agree with you except that now i think the interesting thing is to figure out and maybe you don't maybe you don't think this is interesting which is totally fine it's a, it's a matter of opinion but the interesting thing to me is going to be to figure out how this squares with what we know about Magog already. Um, because correct me if I'm wrong, but Magog already has a pretty established pre Magog backstory, right? Like as, as with most things, there's absolutely no way of knowing. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I, I want to say, 
I I want to first of all, I want to say his name was David something, but it, it was, was definitely, it was. It definitely it was, not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we ever knew his last name, but no, we did. We did. We did. We, we, when he's in the JSA, we absolutely know his last name. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not David Sakella. It was. Oh, you're right. Obviously. It was David Reed. David okay. Reed. Yep. There we go. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. He was like he was like some grown ass like military guy. Yes. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Like like a marine or something. He was a. Yes, he was a marine. Yeah. So, it, it, so how does that square with this? That's the part that I want to know. That's the part that's keeping me hooked. Okay. So he, here is my best tinfoil hat with this, which is that. So in it again, I have not read it in a couple of years. I believe in thy kingdom come. What happens is that Gog comes to our earth and our meaning like the main DC earth, right? And starts bestowing powers upon people. And Magog takes that name as a thank you to Gog for doing this. That is not the Magog of kingdom come. Okay. That we have in, in DC books after that thy kingdom come story. Ah, okay. That's okay. Kingdom, that is kingdom, true. Co- yes. Kingdom come Superman is on our earth and is like, you shouldn't fuck with this God guy. People don't listen to him. And that's what leads to the, my kingdom come, to, to the thy kingdom come story. And so, so he can, he can go around and just make people Magog, make people gods. And so he gives people all these powers. Like so some of the JSA loses their powers and he repowers them. And then when people realize that he is essentially taking away, like, humanity from people they uh they try to stop him and gog is one of the folks who says like no we can't stop him he gave us all this wonderful shit or whatever um, got it but i'm saying all of this to say that that magog is not the kingdom come magog got it and, and so, so i it... believe we are seeing the kingdom come magog which oh. is which which is which is problematic in terms of the earth thing that zach talked about but also hyper time baby it's fine yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm not saying. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. I, I know you're not saying that. I'm just saying, like, if, if we're trying to find like a neat, uh, backstory, a neat backstory here, there really isn't one, unless you are dealing with that. This is from Earth, whatever we talked about last week, being the Kingdom Come Earth. Like that is this is the God from that that will eventually wind up on that Earth. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know yeah. if that helps or not. There have been three different versions of Gog alone. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Jesus not, Christ. Not even counting Magog. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of which there are two. Yeah. <laughs> and now three or this is two now? It depends on if you think this is the same one as the original King <laughs> yes, Come ex- one. Exactly. I have no reason to believe it is or isn't at this point, but um, sure. Okay. I mean, I think that the reality is we we will never we will not know until we figure out what like uh, Wade's story he's trying to tell with this version of Magog is. Got it. Once we know that, we will have some sense okay. of what version this is. Um. Well, what I will say about this book then is that I I, I still really like it and. Mark Wade at DC Comics, like his return has been like if you're not going to give me Morrison level meta text and introspection into comics themselves, 
this is my like second most preferred um, way that a writer approaches comic booking, which is to, which is anything and everything can happen. And it, it, it stretches the length and breadth of DC history and it embraces, you know, this is a, a Batman and Superman team up book, but you feel like absolutely anyone and anything could happen or show up at any given time. And I feel like that's, that's exactly what I want out of these comics. You know, I, I'm looking at the slate of the other comics that were released this week in our box the Mark Wade books are the only ones that promise that to me, really. Well, At least the will, continuity ones. The, yes. Some of the so, like the deceased stuff does that, you know. Um, I will take it a step further than you, Vincey. Sure. In which I will say, well, obviously, like the Morrison metatextual stuff is great on an issue by issue level. I think this is the better way to tell big universe spanning stories i think if yeah, you try to make an entire, i think trying to make an entire line out of uh or even if you have if you're trying to have the line led by a morrison thing everybody has to buy into the meta text as well as the text and yeah. no one does that at the same level or as well no no one no one else can do it really so Very i feel few. Like, so i feel like if you're looking for someone to be the the showrunner is the term we keep using for this right of mm-hmm. DC going forward, I think Wade is the Wade's style is the best for that particular role. Even if individually the books will never maybe be as impactful as if it was Morrison, on a line wide basis, it's an easier buy in to be a part of this than it is to be a part of what Morrison does. Mm. Yeah, yep, yeah, I think I I think that's right. I totally agree with that. Um, and I neither agree nor disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that I think that this book continues to be good. I think that this book continues to do a really good job of telling a story that is clearly set outside of, not even outside of continuity. That's the wrong way to put it, but a story that is that doesn't feel. This doesn't feel like the century story, right? This feels like these actually could have been classic DC stories, but they also feel fresh and new. It's it's really, I I think Wade is doing pretty impressive stuff right out of the gate back at DC. Um, for all the reasons that Vince said, and I I am excited. Look, I mean, I it's funny. I think when all when we reread. Kingdom Come for our crisis management series. I think all of us sort of were dreading it, or at least were apprehensive about our relationship to the book, having not read it in a while, or sort of the baggage that comes along with Kingdom Come. But I feel like all of us left left that more appreciative of Kingdom Come than we were going into it. Am I speaking bullshit for the two of you? Or does that somewhat track what you were feeling? No, I think I think that's right. Um, and I, I I feel like we would never have thought that we'd be getting more of this uh, more Magog stuff with Wade's return. But I think I, Zach thought that. But Zach, well, <laughs> I, I I think all of us maybe thought it would be fun if that happened. But 
I I don't know what I don't know. I wouldn't have put actual odds on it. I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Sure, but maybe Zach did because he's the uh, he's the big I mean, brain boy. I'm I was of two minds. I I wasn't sure if he was going to revisit that well so quickly, but the fact that he did doesn't surprise me. Okay, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, look, even if and I'm sure there are a number of, um, you know, folks in in the comics world who do not have the same positive view on Wade or Kingdom Come as we do and are probably banging their heads against the wall with this stuff happening. But to me, this is this is just really fun. And I'm I'm happy to be along for this ride. You know, it. uh Listeners to this should be able to, by the time this comes out, at least the non-Patreon listeners should be able to see an interview I did with uh, Josh Williamson and Daniel Sampier on multiversitycomics.com. And one of the things they were saying is like they they really wanted the the end of Dark Crisis to feel like anything is possible again in the DC universe, and that's what like the infinite multiverse represents. And I feel like. Even though that story literally tells you that anything is possible, this book better conveys that on the page than anything else DC is publishing right now. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Um, I do like how each arc of this book seems to be like just an idea factory for future storylines, and I and. Uh, you know, comparing what this arc is doing compared to the first one, I'm I'm definitely way more interested in in whatever this is, and and I am enjoying the um, you know the the like Batman and Robin stuff. So um, I yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what comes of this. Absolutely, Vince. Any last words in this book? No, I'm good. It's it's jet man. Just more, more of this. I'm, <laughs> I'm down the rabbit hole with Wade. I'm Wade pilled. What's so funny is that uh, th- to show people behind the curtain here, when the solicit for this book came out, uh, the boys texted me and said, "Like, boy, thunder! This is gonna be a Shazam story. It's right up Brian's alley." And it <laughs> turns out it was a Magog story right up Zach's alley. So yeah, it just goes to show you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> um. But anyway, let's move on to our second book of the week, which is Batman versus Robin number four, written by Mark Wade again, illustrated by Mahmoud Asrar and Scott Godlewski. And this is one of those books that is sacrificed at the temple of solicits and future sales because we knew that the Lazarus volcano was going to erupt at the end of the story because Lazarus' planet starts in January. And so we we were well aware that this was happening. And so this whole issue, unfortunately, kind of hinges on the um, the mystery of how this particular story is going to end, but that mystery was already solved for us. So while there are some cool moments of Batman wearing the helmet of Naboo, I don't think that this has a ton going for it just because of that spoiled ending. Uh, do either of you have a, a dissenting take on that? Well, I think it looks great. First oh, of all, absolutely! Yes, that's yes. that's that's one thing. Godlewski and and Azrar both do uh, great work here. 
Um, there's a lot of cool imagery. I think I think a younger, more slender Damien wearing the wearing the the future Batman cowl is a great look. You know, it's different from how we would will eventually see Damien in those future stories, and yet and yet very similar. Um, it, it it does the exact opposite of one of the uh, what some of those Dark Crisis tie-ins did, which is it really makes him look, look like a kid. Like yeah. you see how yeah. young he is here, whereas those other ones made him look like a thirty-eight-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yeah, Batman wearing the helmet of Naboo is cool. Um. It's interesting how much this. It's interesting how much this really does just go right into Lazarus Planet. It's it's kind of wild, actually. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I I I don't want to interrupt you. I didn't mean to, but I I I did. I was. I guess I just didn't realize, even with Lazarus Planet coming up, how much that is. It is like an event within an event. Um, like how it's 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 like a break month in. Yes. This book. Break two months essentially because the last issue of this comes out the last week of February, so you're you're getting, um, almost two full months before. Yeah, story. I mean, but like this, like it, it, this is only skipping one month, though. I guess is what I'm saying. Yes, but you, but that event is how that event is two months long. Right, right. But this book, yeah. but it's still I, I, only I skipping a month. Sure. Yeah. Yes, so, um, but yeah, continue, Vince. Um. So, it 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 really is just proof that the the Mark Wade meta narrative is real because when this book was first pitched. I mean, the title alone, Batman versus Robin, you just think you think, OK, this is going to be a Bruce and Damien story that where they face off and they maybe finally reckon with their contentious relationship over the last few years. And they resolve that. And it's not not that. Right. But so much more. Yes. And it's it's more. But also, it's not the type of book you would think to call something Batman versus Robin and and make it a mini series which this essentially is that it would be some it would be some kind of perennial thing you would see on the shelf and they'd make it a hardcover and it would be something that they would try to sell as like a quintessential Batman and Robin story maybe from a different angle it's not that I do that think at it all. will be all those things though but maybe but but it's but it's not from the angle it's not what you would expect you're it's not, you're not what i thought right. it was going to be no right. i yeah it's not what i thought it was going to be i yeah, thought it was i going think to be... i think against all odds it is still going to be like one of those perennial like uh hard covers that sits on the shelf but sure not for the reasons that you would expect no no and really this this issue really reveals how much the Wade meta narrative is is real and it's actually the most prominent thing that DC has going right now. I mean, if you can if you consider this effectively post dark crisis, you know. So here um, here's my question about the collection aspect of it. Will this just be collected as part of Lazarus Planet? No, I think this will be its own thing. I don't see how it can be. <laughs> I, I but, mean, that all depends on how the last issue of Batman versus Robin happens. But I mean, I think Batman versus Robin will absolutely be a 
collection of issues one through five of Batman versus Robin. I think you may have to have a couple of Lazarus Planet issues in there again, depending on how it how it wraps I, up. I, I yeah, I I really don't think that'll happen. I would be again very surprised, but it, it absolutely could. Um, I think that Lazarus Planet will get collected on its own. And I think this will get collected on its own. Um, there, there will be something in Batman versus Robin five that effectively follows up on what the, there might be like can't... a page of like what a text thing. I mean, yeah. there could be like at the alpha and the Omega issues. I don't think it's all going to be one collection at all. No. Um, I, I, when, I think that's way too much. When Mark Wade's time at DC is done, there will be Omnibuy that maybe, yeah, maybe sure. collects the stuff all in. But but it's really wild how much this is driving the post, well, I mean, the mid-Dark Crisis, but the stuff that's going to roll out of Dark Crisis. And I, it makes me wonder how much of that timeline that we saw that kind of leads to those mystery events later in 2023, how much of that is, is weighed or not, you know? So does, I'm gonna... does Wade get to write the next event? Is Wade just driving the next year of DC? This kind of makes me think that he is, so especially I'm... especially given how it touches. I mean, I won't spoil anything for Lazarus Planet coming up, but it touches so many books in some seemingly significant ways. Yes, I would say that. How can I say this? I think that Wade is going to be the idea. Like I think it was. I forget which which one of you said that each issue of Batman versus Robin has just been like an idea farm for future stories. I feel like that is Wade's role at DC right now, which is just like giving these, giving everybody else places to jump off from. I don't know if you're going to see him writing an event, or I really think that he is going to be taking over either Batman or or action or one of those big books come mid-year. Because mm-hmm. as I, I believe Batman versus, I mean, I, correct me, I'm sorry. I believe World's Finest is continuing, but it's going to be continuing without Dan Moore. We have not seen a final issue tag put out there. But Wade will be doing that and will be doing Shazam as of March, I believe it is, or April. Um, but I, I, I get the impression that Wade works pretty far in advance. And I wouldn't mm. be surprised if we see him taking on a big, big title, you know, um, mid-year. But I don't know if he's going to be the event guy or not. Mm-hmm. I hope the event that the title he takes over is Wonder Woman mid-year, because mm. that book is it has been stalling out for a long time now. Sure, and could use a new creative team. And wait, and isn't he's, he? He's um, never done a Wonder Woman run, so yeah, he is taking over Sh- Shazam, right? I said that, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. I I couldn't remember. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. He is. There was a new Shazam, uh, launching in April. I I, I thought it was March, but we got. I have the March list. It's in front of me, and Shazam is not mentioned in it. So I believe that is starting in April, or possibly even May. But yeah. Um. Anything else to say about this issue? Um. I, I think it's so crazy how much monkey prince is tying into yeah. this and how important it is. And yes, yep. that's yep. the like biggest brain thing. I think for all of this is just who would have expected. Yes. 
and I won't spoil anything for the next week, but uh, or for 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 Lazarus for, for Lazarus weeks, Planet, yes. but but that's not the end of that. <laughs> it's not the end of that. No, and it, it's funny because I feel like for a long time we had been calling for Gene Lu and Yang to to have a bigger role in the DC universe, but I don't think any of us would have predicted like creating a new character and that character being the hinge point on a giant event in the early next year being yeah. how that would have happened. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll discuss the finale of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth, so stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. And we are back to talk about Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven, illustrated by Daniel Sampier and others, written by Joshua Williamson. Um... So I, I think that all of us have been rather critical of this series thus far. Um, but one of the things we've said consistently is that there have been good moments that have popped up throughout the series and moments that we have been, um, you know, we have enjoyed or, or, or been moved by or however you want to say it. Um, so I'm curious if this last issue did anything emotionally or otherwise for you folks, or if you felt that this sort of went out in a similar way to the way it's been living with us thus far. Zach, you want to take that first? It was more of the same for me, I would say. Vince. Yeah, I agree. Uh, It's, it's exactly the same in that, there are individual sequences or pages that, that look absolutely gorgeous that are strong concepts by uh, Williamson, but this, the story itself is just such uh I can't get over the, the one, that one night that Zach said that it feels like it's written by AI. Mm-hmm. It it feels like it feels like Williamson is writing the truly great scenes. Like, okay. I, I don't know if I'm gonna um elucidate this properly or not, but there's a scene towards the beginning where like a where Dick Grayson is is walking in the dark and faces off against Slade. And Slade looks like a younger man, and Dick as as he speaks to Slade becomes younger and younger going through his costumes through history until, until he's Robin again, standing before Slade. All of that is rendered so amazingly visually. And I really do think like in a vacuum, it's a, it's a strong scene between Dick and Slade. Everything in between scenes like that. So like, like that scene belongs in a really good anthology book. 
you know, let, if they did a Teen Titans anthology book where everybody got their little showpiece, that would be a great dick scene. Everything in between the scenes like that, the stuff that actually has to advance the story or pretends to accomplish something with the uh with the with the narrative or with the lore of DC um that seems like it's written by AI that feels like it's on autopilot anytime somebody has to fly in and say uh well you know Par- pariah was not actually uh, communicating with the great darkness it was just a little piece of it and then he went crazy and he was just hearing voice all of that stuff just sounds like it's somebody making it up as they go along right and so the well those individual scenes and moments are really strong and i think like i'm glad i read them i'm glad i experienced some of this the sum of it is way less than those parts um so yeah yeah the story remains the same and then the and then the one other thing i would say is uh, the final epilogue, we'll get to that later, but the you final think- epilogue is the worst thing in this seven-issue series by far. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree with that either. Um, <laughs> so here's what I'll say. You know, I I think it's unfair to put the onus on the reader of anything to engage with anything but the text to understand the text. Everything you need to enjoy and understand a comic should come from the pages of that comic. (laughs) That said, in talking to Williamson a couple of times now about this book, I get the impression that for him and for Sam Pierre, it's very much a story about sort of the way it's a much more meta story than appears on the surface even though there is a lot of meta text in there. I really think this is about the journey of Dick Grayson, Slade, and Black Adam. And that those three characters are the fulcrum for what Dark Crisis is supposed to be, where Slade represents the end of legacy and sort of the nihilistic feelings surround that surround that. Dick is the avatar of legacy and Black Adam is the avatar of making your own legacy and changing things in a way that makes sense for you and not being beholden to what came before, but also not throwing it away. And I think if you talk about it in that way, with that continuum between those three characters, there are interesting ideas within there. I don't think a crisis was the best place to tell that story. Because all the nuances sucked out in favor of of four hundred people fighting on screen together, and I don't think that that those those fight sequences, the action that happens there, I don't think that pushes the story along at all, and I don't think this, that the story um, complements those action sequences either. I think they're two fundamentally different pieces of this story that don't mesh well together. And I think the AI thing that you mentioned, Vincey, is when to the writer, the most important thing is the emotional beats. But to the publisher, the most important thing is the action. Then you get 
the conflict that we see on the page here. And I hope that doesn't come off as me trying to fluff up either party or or forgive what this book became. As I don't I don't mean it that way. I just think to understand it better, it makes sense to separate those two pieces. And I hope that makes sense to everybody. Yeah, and I, I think that's absolutely right. I think you can tell. I think you can tell the parts that Williamson really cares about. And those are the those are absolutely the best parts. And like I said, I, I do think that I do think those are worth reading, but I think they're like vignettes within a larger story, you know? They're they're these they're these vignettes about characters. You brought up Black Adam. I think that's also another one of the 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 best scenes in this issue. Um not the final scene where somebody draws uh Black Adam like very explicitly as Dwayne Johnson. As Dwayne, as Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah. Giving the people's eyebrow and everything. Um but the earlier scene where where uh, uh Black Adam says something to the to the effect of, you know, I I I wouldn't just protect these people that I once I would die with them. my enemies. I would die with them. Yeah. yeah. That's a that is a great scene. Um, I think I think it's really well written. It's the fight is really brutal and and well depicted. It's that's another thing I like about this book. Um, Dark Crisis has not been overly violent, except for the characters for which that that would make sense. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a a fight between Black Adam and Slade is over the top violence. Other fights throughout the series are more anodyne and. I think that's appropriate for, you know, there was a time at DC where there was just constant um, hyper violence because, because you could, you can tech, you can get away with it. Right. Like, like in America, you, you can't show a titty, but um, you know, you can show somebody's heart getting ripped out of their chest <laughs> in, in, in a PG 13, whatever. Um, but uh yeah, so I think that's another strong scene. That's exactly the sort of thing I'm talking about. Um, it's just the the yeah the narrative the narrative conceit and kind of the MacGuffins couldn't be more nonsensical. And I, I actually don't. I think at this point in my life, and especially because I'm I'm experiencing comics differently, and I'm not I'm not rolling up and paying. $7 a month or whatever it is to, to, to pick up an issue of this. I think I, I, I can forgive and appreciate a, a story that just has some really nice moments and some really good art. I think if, I think if you asked me what I wanted dark, a book called dark crisis on infinite earths to accomplish as a narrative, I, this, it doesn't, it doesn't, add up to what I want it to, but, but the individual moments are really nice. And I, I don't want to throw those away just to, just to shit on this event that, you know, otherwise feels very corporate. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy. I'm looking at that, that, that Dwayne Johnson right now. It's, <laughs> well, it's we should something. say that that is the part of the book that Sam Pierre does not do. Yeah, it I appears that Daniel Sam Pierre's last page is uh, it ends with the words the sun never seems brighter. I think that is the last thing the Sampier does in the book, which is page twenty eight of our PDF. Yeah, uh, 
And from there we get, I'm trying to find the, the full list of uh, creators here. That, that Dwayne Johnson's going to age really poorly too. If he's, if he's out of the gun verse, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's out of the gun verse guys. <laughs> he unfollowed Warner media. Come on. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Zach, anything to add to this? No, I wish I did have more. I I do I do agree. I think with what you were saying about how the, the different threads of this just don't mesh together. I think that there is like a really good um, Dick Grayson and um, and and Slade Wilson and and like a Titan story at play here that if that had maybe been more of what was going on, it, it, it would have worked better, I think all around, but just, just as it stands as a whole, I just don't, I don't think it, I don't think it works. Um, unfortunately. Uh, I, I just want to say quickly, uh, Jack Herbert, Giuseppe Kevin Coley and Rafa Sandoval are the three artists who did some of that backup stuff in this, uh, in this issue. Um, so I, I do want to I do want to talk about the the um, the epilogues and there are a couple of them. Yeah, can we talk about all of them? Yes. So the first epilogue we get is just this sort of like overview of the DC universe. We see um, the Bat Family reunited. We see the Justice Society around uh, around table. We see the Teen Titans rebuilding Teen Titans Academy. We see Dr. Light exploring her connection to the multiverse along with Justice League Incarnate. We see the, um, is it the Quintessence? Is that who that group is there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we see Dinah and Roy looking for Ollie. We see Darkseid back on Apocalypse. And we see Lex working on his, uh, his like Superman buster suit. We see, then we get Slade, who is basically in a back to tank from star Wars, but he's in constant pain. And it looks like, um, we see somebody clicking off his like back to tank to put him back into pain. And we don't know who that person is, but they're wearing like a, uh, a puffy yellow sleeve. Any guesses as to who that is boys? No, that costume is so familiar with the, I with know. the cuffs. Like I know. it's driving me nuts. And, presumably female just based on the fingernail. I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I know that's presumptive and like problematic, but like just odds are, you know? Yeah. Just based on the look. But, but Zach, do you know who, what that costume is? I swear I've seen that before. It almost looks like Pariah's costume, but Pariah would be green and purple. Right. Right. But it's just in terms of like the, uh, the des- I'm, I'm now I'm looking up a picture of Pariah's costume. It's because no, it's. Like, I mean, his costume's like a puffy cloak or whatever. With right, yeah, I he's, guess got, that. he's got puffy arms with a band, but that's not. It's not quite. No, like it's not. That. It's not quite. No, it's not quite that. You're right. There is somebody that with a band like like a like like cuffs like that where they're like also puffy cuffs. Oh God, who is it? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. Hell, I uh... I just had a really cursed idea of who it was, but I looked it up and I don't think it's that, which thank okay. God. 
who did, my who first did you think thought it was, was Ozymandias. That oh. is honestly that was my first thought too, and so I went to go look what nostalgia looks like, and I don't think it's her. Okay. Um, the only thought I had, and I do not think it's this, but I thought if it were like a like the '80s version of Slade. You know who it looks like? Hmm. Hold on. It could be Geoforce or Terra. Oh. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Geoforce has cuffs like that and orange. What? what, (laughs) Whatever happened to that? That would align with what Williamson has done so far. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at Terra. Tara really doesn't have that. She has the armbands, but not the not the same sleeves. Oh, oh I, also... think, I think that's oh. absolutely Tara now. I mean, that's actually a very, that's actually very fun. Yeah, if you look at those cuffs, yeah, yeah. That oh yeah oh look at this. Hang on, I've got yep. Good call, Zach. God, you're, you're, you're. That's why we can't lose you, man. <laughs> I just keep making the same calls over and over again, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> here I'm gonna I'm gonna send an image to you in the chat that is makes it. This is great radio. It is um, truly. You can keep talking, but I'm sending this. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the next of the uh, of the interludes here. So now we see uh, a, a team of folks discussing um, sort of what Zatanna has found out about the Great Darkness. And we see Barbara Gordon, Mr. Terrific, Zatanna, Hal Jordan, um, Hawk Girl, and I believe that's Barry Allen, Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And so we get this sort, of, this, this sort of greater scene about the heroes cleaning up the Hall of Justice. And we see... Uh, Yara Floor, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Cyborg, John Kent, Monkey Prince, um, not Monkey Prince, um, Red Canaries in the background there. We see Jace Fox, Batman, who presumably was part of this event, but I can't really tell you if he did anything or not. <laughs> um, and then we see basically Barry goes off to hang out with the Flash family, and Hal says he's going to be hanging out on Earth, but he's somehow with the entire Green Lantern Corps in that scene. That's fine. Um, then we get the Dwayne Johnson interlude with um, Black Adam talking to the Superman. And it's it's a shame that this scene looks like shit because there's a great Black Adam line in here, which is he says, but Kellel, your son, at least he didn't die like you did. Yeah. <laughs> and then John says, Dad, I can't tell if that was a compliment or not. And Clark says it was, son, it was. That's a that's a legitimately great scene right there. Um, that's very fun. Uh, then we get Dick and Bruce talking about the candle that sort of is the that Dick uses as his rallying cry to heroes when the Justice League goes away, and then uh, Batman breaks it in front of him <laughs> because he's a dick. I, I, he has a good reason for doing that, but basically, what he says is that when the Justice League reforms, Dick has to be the leader of it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is actually great, and, and and if that is is ultimately what the what the big takeaway from Dark Crisis is, which is that positioning Dick properly at the center of the DC universe, I will take that. 
you know, again, we've talked a million times about how a lot of this stuff works for good plot, but doesn't make for good comics. That is good plot. That isn't necessarily good comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get the final epilogue, and this is what Vince was alluding to before, which is oh, um, God. there is this sort of we're looking at scenes that we're going to see from other comics. We see Superman versus Lex that we'll see in Action Comics in a few weeks. I don't know what exact Batman comic this scene is coming from, but it's a upcoming one. We well, see it's scene- the Chip Zdarsky fail safe. Right, but I, I don't know if that's from like a, a big issue coming up, or if that's just an issue, or if that's just a random image from that um that arc, or whatever. We see an image from Batman versus Robin, and then we see a shadowy figure talking to a bunch of figures like that are just illuminated in light. And it is the counts. It is the Council of Light from the Young Justice cartoon. Yes. Yeah. And we see, uh basically this like doom and gloom thing i'm just going to read verbatim here they refuse to follow our orders they will suffer incarceration if they have the resource if we have resources to imprison them their enemy imprison their enemies we can do the same to them no more with making decisions that impact all of humanity from some secret headquarters in the moon this is my final point on the matter these heroes have defeated aliens gods monsters and now with the resurrected justice league it appears they have beaten death that is a step too far Something must be done to ensure humanity's survival now before it's too late. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, the idea is that they are going to eradicate metahumans from the Earth. And the people we see talking are Amanda Waller, Peacemaker, and I'm going to let you guys have fun with the last couple here. Well, Lady Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. Um, Peace Matrix. I don't know who the top person is supposed to be, but the person on the right is clearly a Joker-fied version of the Batman-Superman fusion from World's Finest. Yeah. And the cursed the cursed thing that I came up with for the person in the back, which I, I'm, I'm totally pulling this out of my ass. I have a theory, I too. I want to hear what you say. I don't know that it's true. But it almost seems to be like a Bane venomized the Batman who laughs. Yes, I, I literally have in my notes the Bane who laughs. So <laughs> yeah. I have the same thought. Yeah, which is, um, I mean, no matter what it is, it's incredibly stupid. Uh, this is the worst s- section of this of this event so far. I, I can't tell you how little I want anything Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, Amanda Waller related to be the next event <laughs> in the dcu well uh, I, I i do think that that is exactly what we think it is in terms of the bane who laughs because uh-huh. one of the big movers and shakers at dc right now is matthew rosenberg and he wrote that task force z story <sighs> which was about like the heroes that were almost dead you know what i'm talking about yeah so I feel like, but I feel no. like that's probably spinning out of that that's my guess uh... <laughs> Bane. I, I need an immediate injection of Mark Waits as soon as I can get it. I'm more I'm more interested. I'm not interested in this at all. I, I think I think that I think it's a dreadful idea. Um good God, do I not need to see any of this stuff in the we don't need to we don't we let stop trying to make Suicide Squad happen. Okay. Well, I have one corollary to that, or I refutable of that maybe. Okay, you want to drop it now or? Yes, yes. Okay. 
if, and this isn't the case, but if this can be the final word on Suicide Squad for a while, then I'm okay with one more Suicide Squad story. <laughs> I keep thinking it's going to be the final word, and it's not. I know. Every time I, it I fails, it's yeah, the final word. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they just keep they keep going back to that well. But this is the weirdest one ever. I I don't I don't understand what room of people created these this combination of characters. <laughs> Again, AI probably right. Yeah, I don't. Who know? Who can say? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so, really wild. The thing that I'm more interested in is the Council of Light thing because yes. Because first of all, that that begs a question or two that that I, I'm probably going way too deep on. But could you know the the Council of Light? Okay, if we think about what that is in Young Justice, that is basically I'm not going to get all the names right, but I know I have like, them all in front of me here. If you want, okay. To. So, well, what I was going to say is basically it's like it's it's almost a secret society of supervillains. It's because it's Vandal Savage, it's Lex Luthor. I think Deathstroke is usually a part of it, which which yes. he's he's obviously not. Uh, Ultra Humanite usually Ocean yep. Master. I think maybe Ray al Ghul. Yep. Um, a few others, I'm sure. Um, uh, Black Manta, Ishtar, um, Clarion, mm. um, Brain from Mala and the Brain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Definitely. And honestly, if you look at, if you look at the silhouettes, you can pick out maybe one or two of them. Like the one on the top left looks kind of like Clarion. They have, he's got the little, uh, like curled up. They almost look like horns, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But one of them looks like a bat though. Maybe or a cat or a cat. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, point being, um, I'm kind of fascinated with who these are going to be because like, why would Lex Luthor, why would the Lex Luthor we, we see in action comics say, or the one that we've seen in recent DCU, why would he be a part of the council of light? It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense for there to be a Council of Light. If you consider that like Luthor and Vandal Savage were both part of the um, totality team that was like investigating uh, post-death metal stuff, Mm -hmm. Infinite Frontier stuff, which makes me wonder if this is a other Earth entirely. But then that doesn't really make sense because why do they care about? Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. I think you just unlocked it, bro. Okay. Wasn't Amanda Waller given Earth 3 recently? Yes. I thought she got chased off of Earth 3. I, who can know? There's this, in, this that, is, again, in that crossover. There is no way to know. But yeah, I there's no like, way to know if that happened or not. But I feel like even if this isn't Earth three, maybe maybe she is traveling the multiverse. Sure, because there is there is the DC, there is the Earth that is inspired by the DC animated series stuff. Wait, but that's not actually the DC animated series, though. <laughs> 
you're doing a deep bit from 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 Twitter. Uh, yes, no, this <laughs> is too deep for like ninety nine percent of our listeners. No, no, the 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 comics animated universe is not the animated animated universe. It is it is merely based upon. So wait a minute. Are you telling me there's another universe out there that is actually the animated universe? Uh yeah, it's animated. Um I can't, I can't Zach, follow Zach this. doesn't even know what we're talking You're about. Confusing. It. Can't follow it's it. Fine. Sorry. It's fine. Um Yeah, it just makes me wonder. I the only thing I care about with that with the epilogue is where this council of light potentially comes from. The absolute worst answer would be that it is just all of these people on the on earth zero and they are for some reason forming another nonsensical clandestine group for no reason Mm -hmm. because half of them already are in the secret society right it would we don't need a even secreter society that features half of the same members right Mm -hmm. so to me there's potential interest with with who the council of light is but the answer better damn well be good because other otherwise i couldn't possibly care yeah i think that's probably correct all right well um we're recording these episodes all out of order so vincent i'm giving you the date here what books come out on december 27th sure let me just i gotta back up Okay, December 27th, Action 1050, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number seven, Batman Gotham Knights Gilded City three, Batman the Audio Adventures four, Blue Beetle Graduation Day, number two, DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, number four, DC Mech, number six, DC versus Vampires, number 12, Detective Comics 1067, Harley Quinn 25, John Stewart the Emerald Knight, number one, Punchline the Gotham Game, number three, Tales from Earth 6, A Celebration of Stan Lee, number one. Uh, The Riddler, year one, number two. Sandman Universe, Dead Boy Detectives, number one. Tim Drake Robin, number four. Wonder Woman Historia, The Amazons, number three. And Young Justice Targets, number six. There are some very good books in that batch, and there are some books in that batch. There's some books. Excelsior! (laughs) Yes. Uh, If you guys get in touch with us, two-thirds of us are on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an App. And I am at The Woke of Z. If you need to talk to Vince, he is currently debating the reality of the DC Animated Universe uh, on a social media platform of his choice. Yeah, farmers only. Exactly. I'm back on there, baby. I'm trolling. <laughs> trolling for what is the answer? I mean, it's a question, rather. Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Take care. government should just be giving us dishwashers on a like five-year basis.